The Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman. Sid is the author of Approaching the Natural, a Health Manifesto, a certified nutritionist, health coach, and programs director at the Stanford Inns Wellness Center on the Mendocino coast of California. Hello, small steppers. Sid Garza-Hillman here. Welcome, one and all. There may be some new listeners this week, you guys. I am broadcasting, nay, podcasting, from Portland, Oregon. I've been up here this weekend speaking at the Portland uh, Veg Fest, the Northwest Veg Fest. Had a really good time here. Uh, more on that in a few minutes, but welcome one and all of you. If you are just joining me, thank you for, for giving this a shot. I do recommend, um, if you dig this episode, let's say, uh, hypothetically, that you go back and listen to some old episodes, get caught up. Um, there is, uh, you know, my episodes are not time dependent. They're not in sequence or anything. You can really go back and grab any any episode any episode any time. Um, what I do here is talk about my philosophy of health and happiness, my approach to getting more of both of those things in your life via my unique uh, brand of small steps. Um, and so, different aspects uh, are brought up each week, uh, and and just kind of things that I get from even when I do things like speak at this Veg Fest and and the, and when people come up and ask questions, and these are the things that inform me in my practice to help you in turn uh, negotiate your lives better in the modern world. Obviously, it's called the Approaching the Natural podcast. So it is about bringing in by degrees a little bit more of first of all, first, first what, what you do is recognize that we are still animals. And then saying, okay, knowing that and knowing that we live in a very unnatural world in a way, in a huge way, um, can I can I bring in by degrees certain things that are natural to me by degrees, not not all or nothing, because we can't even go all the way natural. But can I move my body a little bit more in an integrated fashion in my life? Can I bring in more natural food as you know as much as works for me in the balance of my life um, and not mine, Sid, but yours, yours, right? Right? Okay, good. Um, anyway, so <clears throat> glad you guys are with me. I am. In a room in a house, I don't have my usual like you know fancy pants screen protector thing over the microphone. So if it sounds a little poppy, um, I will try to you know deal with that as much as possible. But hopefully the sound will be just about what it usually is. Same microphone, okay? But I just travel with it. I'm like a traveling podcaster. That's what I do. Um, so a couple of things I want to get into this week and and uh, make some you know the usual sort of announcements and then get into the to the nitty gritty of this of this episode. Um, if you are just joining me, I, I run the Wellness Center at the Stanford Inn at StanfordInn.com and and uh, we do some awesome retreats and cool stuff where you can just come and stay a night and do nothing except for just hang out and say hi to me for crying out loud. Um, I wanted to talk about I usually want to just bring this up because it's been a theme that I have been, you know, addressing the last few episodes, let's say, but I really see this, this podcast as a, as a baseline building podcast. Um, this isn't the training for the ultra or the diet or anything. This is how to bring up your everyday, your most of the time, your mott, as I call it, the most of the time. That's what I, I'm dedicated to this. But I was thinking about this um, aspect of this as I was, I think, taking a walk or running or something. I thought, God, this is really is this thing. So here's what I mean. When somebody you know, I'm all about the anti-quick fix. Like, I'm the anti-quick fix guy, which makes this podcast less sexy than almost any other podcast. Um, but the quick fix thing—the quick fix thing—is so attractive. I mean, it is so 
it, it just drags you in. I get dragged in. And I see things and I'm like, whoa, wait a second. You got me. You tricky, tricky, quick fix. You pulled me in. And so I'm, the, I'm obviously the opposite of that because I, what I want to do is esta- help you establish and empower you to establish long-term sustainable change. Same goals in mind that you would go to this quick fix for, if, whether it's weight loss, but I don't think it's ever about weight loss. I think it's about increasing your own happiness and feeling better in your life, okay? But it both things sort of draw you in. It's how do you get improvement in your life? But in sort of an ironic way, when you're drawn, when you being the royal you, like all of us, are drawn, when we are drawn to a fixed amount of time program, whether it be like a 21-day, seven-day cleanse or a 21-day diet or whatever, that is the same, in a way, the same small steps mentality uh, that I that I want to attach myself to with you to 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 help you guide you in a in a in a, what I think is a much better way. But I want you to understand that when you are attracted to a 21-day diet, it's because you, in a way you already are a small stepper. In other words, you're looking at that and you're going, that's doable because it's a little amount of time. It's, it's, it really is the same thinking. It's just I'm saying, let's think about it a little bit longer and a little bit deeper. And when you do, you'll realize, okay, well, there's certain things that that 21-day program is not going to give me, which is what to do on, on day 22. It's not going to train me how to be somebody who eats healthy. It's going to show me how to do that for 21 days and to follow what somebody else tells me to eat, but I don't know how to, it's not going to give me the tools to be that person long term. But but understand that you are attracted to that because it is, in your perception, a doable thing that will not cause you too much stress. Let me say it one more time. We are attracted to quick fixes because they we perceive them to be low stress models of that result in significant and substantial change for us. I want to capitalize, not literally, it's a free freaking podcast, but capitalize on that way of thinking and saying, okay, well, yes. So, but now let's talk about actual change. Now let's say, yes, you're attracted, but now let's do it in terms of things that are way bigger than food. Because see, a diet for instance, is all about food and it's all about your, it takes over your entire life. Small stepping, on the other hand, if you're just joining me, you'll know quickly and again, go back to old episodes. But if you're small stepping, you're small stepping into multiple areas because that's called life. We don't just eat, we have jobs and relationships and all all, all other sorts of things. Small stepping allows you to stay in that low perceived low stress and I believe actual low stress if you're small stepping in the way that I talk about it. You really are minimizing your stress and enabling you to make significant and substantial change, but long term and for real, not well, now the 21 days is up, I've lost all this weight, amazing results, and then 21 days later, the weight's already coming back statistically because you just don't have the training. You don't have the breadth of experience. You don't have multi-directional um, movement. You're just doing that food thing. Well, then all of a sudden you're done with the food thing and your whole life has been on hold during this 21 days because it took over your life. Then what? I'm saying make moves in food, but not at the expense of everything else that you're doing. Make moves in exercise, but not at the expense of everything else you're doing. Don't don't put tell your spouse to just hang tight. I'll be with you in 21 days. And by the way, 
I'm not helping you do anything because I got to, you know, do these new recipes that I've never made before and it's totally weird, but you perceive it to be low stress. And so you go, well, I can do 21 days. What a small stepper does is say, not I can do 21 days, but I can do moves in, in food and simultaneously I can do moves in exercise and simultaneously I can do moves in creativity and simultaneously I can do moves in, in my relationship and my job and whatever, multitude of ways. And you do it because you're negotiating all of those steps in ways that fit and allow you to still live in the modern world and do all the things. What I've always said is, and one of my favorite parts about small stepping is it's not a water cooler system. And what I mean by that is people are on diets and, and other quick fixes. They get the outward re- result faster. They just don't get any inward results, which I believe set you up for long-term change, but they get the outward results. And so because they get the outward results, people at work notice and they go, my gosh, what diet are you on? You look fantastic at the water cooler. I mean, you don't look fantastic at the water cooler. You look fantastic, and I'm telling you this, at the water cooler. And they may look great standing next to a water cooler. There's no judgment from me. I'm just saying that's a possibility. Small stepping is not a water cooler uh, conversation. It's subtle, and it's internal, and you're growing, and you're getting huge results in your mind and your way you think about things and less guilt and and less beating yourself up. Nobody knows that. They might say, I've had plenty of clients, by the way. People go, um, clients who go, people say I look brighter, I look happier. That's that's the thing. And then the weight comes later down the line, and when it does come, it sticks. But man, how great is it when you're not beating yourself up and you're not feeling guilty and shame, and all of a sudden you feel brighter and people notice that, but they don't go, what, you look brighter? What diet are you on? Because then you, there's no distraction there. You go, thank you, cool, and you are, and you go home and you do this, you continue the work of, of being engaged in your life on that level. It's super duper cool. So anyway, I just thought like this is the same spark of of people who want to make changes, but they don't want to get overstressed by those changes. And so it's the same idea. I'm just saying, apply that spark, apply that desire you have in a way that is actually going to improve your life, not one that's going to set you up for failure. Uh, Easier said than done. Okay, so mm, mm, I'm kind of hunched over right now. Like I don't have a desk. I'm kind of like, if you could see a picture of me, I'm like on a couch and I'm kind of hunched over. And my microphone, this is how fancy podcasters are. You guys know that we're like upper echelon. I mean, we we drink espresso with our pinkies out. That's the tip of the iceberg. My microphone is right now is set up on top of a Vogue magazine to get it en- high enough where I don't have to hunch over like a ton. I'm just saying Vogue, okay? That's, that's how I roll. Um, what else? Okay, so yeah, back to, back to speak. So on that note, you guys probably already know already, but um, smallsteppers.com. I couldn't be more excited about this this freaking thing. Saw it come to fruition and watched it launch and bit my nails, and my nails are back. Um, but it was nervous, nerve-wracking to put this out into the world. Um, in the in the very beginning, when I ran the testers through before the launch, we kind of ironed out all the technical stuff. There was a few little glitches after the launch. So minimal compared to what I thought could happen. Um, and now I've got this big group of people coming through it, and they're about to finish up the first group of people. Um, you know, people trickle in. You can sign up whenever you want. But the initial launch was a weekend with a you know 50% off deal. So, uh, you know, a lot of people signed up during that time, and those people are, are finishing up theirs in the next couple of weeks. And 
it's just cool to watch and I'm getting great responses, most of which are that they're not feeling the guilt and the shame and they're, they're, they're making moves, they're moving and they're seeing the way that they think about their lives change and that is very exciting for me so anyway if you're interested in that smallsteppers.com and the other thing that I um, frankly transparently make a living from because this obviously this is a free podcast and 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 yet you guys still donate to it which is so nice and and awesome so thank you to that if you go to sidgarzahillman.com you can buy podcast related merch donate to the podcast get a free chapter of my book by putting in your email all that kind of stuff but i also launched a meal plan with my friend matt frazier who's the no meat athlete called health made simple and you can check that out at nomeatathlete.com slash meal dash plan dash system and that is kind of wrong i was up here um doing the doing the talking in portland and also promoting my book which is doing okay Thank goodness, Raising Healthy Parents, Small Steps, Less Stress, and a Thriving Family, and um, also my first book, Approaching the Natural Health Manifesto, so that's kind of cool. So I want to talk about Portland a little bit. Um, I've had a really nice trip here. I've been staying with my buddy John, who I've known since my UCLA days, and he lives up here in Portland with his wonderful family, and I got to hang out with him. So those are the the positive. The Veg Fest, fantastic. They do a great job. Good talks. I got my. I saw my buddy John, uh, Jenny Brown uh, from uh, used to be with Woodstock Farm Sanctuary. I'm not sure what she's doing. She's probably gallivanting, but she was one of the speakers. Uh, saw my my kind of friendish person Robert Cheek. Met Scott Jurek, which is kind of cool. If you guys don't know who he is, he is a, a plant based ultra runner, one of the greatest runners of all time. Won the Western States hundred seven years in a row for for crying out loud. And um, so I got to meet him. So really fun and just some great people. Had some really nice conversations. Again, positive. Met my, I met a guy, Mark. Uh, hadn't met him before, but a fr- kind of becoming a friend. Went on a nice walk. He hung out. All these, I'm bringing the positives in. You want to know why, guys? I'm about to follow this up with a negative. So I don't want to set you up in the positive space. You guys are now sitting in lotus position. You're like, this is blissful. The way that Sid is talking about the positive nature of, of Portland and the people therein. Now I got a bone to pick. And you're going to you're going to be a little you're going to be you're going to be more because you guys have been listening to this podcast and maybe the new people who are, who have made it this far 15 minutes in are already we're now lifelong friends. I mean, we are we have a loyalty, a bond you cannot break. Um went to some whiskey library. You guys know I like the single malt scotch on occasion. So my buddy John I show up, he goes, man, I got to take this place. It's called the something something. I don't even remember. I'm not, I'm not, I would tell you because I'm so mad at them that I would actually tell you the name. I literally can't remember. And I, I don't, it, maybe I blocked it out of my brain. Something whiskey library. Okay. So he goes, you got to go, I'm going to take this whiskey library, something whiskey library. Oh, great. So we go downtown Portland and we, and we get some food at this great restaurant and the food has been fantastic. And the city is like great, great food city. And then we go to this whiskey library. So we walk in, John and I, and and we walk in the door. He neither here nor I had been there before, so obviously I haven't. But we walk in the door, and we kind of stand there, and there's no host around, and there's sort of a restaurant kind of thing on the left that we weren't sure if it was part of the whiskey library. Like that looks like a separate thing. So we kind of walk by that, and we walk up these stairs that were the li- actual libraries, and we open the door, and it's beautiful, and it's wood, and kind of dark, and there's nice couches, and we walk in, and we stand there for about two minutes. And there's nobody to greet us. Fine, whatever. Like, I, we don't know how it works. 
So we're standing there for like two minutes and just kind of standing around. Nobody comes up and says, hi, would, would you like to seat? So we go, I guess you just kind of sit. So we walk over and there's a couch free and we sit down and a server comes over and says, hi, I'm the blah, 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 and da, 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 here's the specials. And we go, I'm just going to, we're just going to have like a quick, like one single malt. And so we order and this bartender comes over with this thing and he talks to us about it. And we take the, the order and he pours it and we're sitting there and we have this very nice conversation between the two of us for about 30 minutes until the manager comes over and says, you guys need to leave. I'm 48. I have never been thrown out of a bar, much less a, do they know who they're, I'm the number one in the world fan of single malt whiskey, and they're throwing me, and I'm not talking about the fact that I'm a world famous podcaster, and, 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 and my microphone is on a Vogue magazine, I'm not even talking about that, I'm talking about that we were just sitting, having a finger single malt, you guys need to leave, we go, why? Because, because there's a reservation for this couch, as if we crashed the whiskey library, uh, and so we're somehow, you know, rag, you know, rabble rousers uh, crash in the crash in the whiskey library to have us one single malt and on a couch. And uh, and my John, buddy John goes, so what are we supposed to do with like our whiskeys? He's like, pay for them, literally like that. And so John has now placed a call and has not gotten back, and they've not gotten back. Um, and so yeah, bone to pick. I'm all for you know feigned pretension. You guys know that. I mean, I'm, I love being pretentious, and that's kind of the nature of this podcast is very highfalutin. That's me. I'm, a, I'm an aristocrat. I always have been. Um, I like to look down on people from above. You guys know that I don't small step. I don't believe in this at all. I just want to tell you guys what to do and just say, you do that and you do that. And I'm just going to sit up here and not do that stuff. I don't walk the, I don't walk, the walk. Are you kidding? Why? That takes energy. I don't, I, it takes enough for me to lift a cup of coffee. I do it because I love it, but that's it. Um, yeah, Portland, what? With a pretension? Seriously? Really? I haven't been thrown out of a bar ever. I mean, I kind of have now. It's kind of an experience. I can say, yes, I have been thrown out of a bar of the whiskey library for the love all that's holy. Um, I hope that didn't upset you guys. Listen, if it did, we can small step right out of that because we can fill our lives with things that we want to be doing. Um, and that is really what, that's not a joke. Um, this has come up repeatedly, you know, obviously now in smallsteppers.com, but just in terms of the responses from people, there are things in our lives that we don't want to be doing. That's a fact. We, we, even the way that we think, I don't want to beat myself up. That's a perfect example. I don't want to think about stuff. So I'll end this podcast later, later. Um, but just, there's some, you know, heavy duty that stuff that happened around my area with the fires. I'm sure you guys have probably read the news or heard about it um and there's and there and it's it it infects us and it takes up what i call you know the mental real estate is how i refer to it it takes up so much mental real estate in our brains this the negative stuff that happens and and we want to we we may tell ourselves i i just want to stop thinking about that and again the small stripper small stepper solution to that the way that i coach people is to say as much as you want to stop doing this in fact, I would even go so far as to say, as much as you want to lose weight, which is sort of a negative thing, not negative bad, but just it's a it's a getting rid of thing. It's a stopping thing. It's a less thing. I want to lose this weight. I want to take the weight off. The, the small steppers way is to sort of shift that into a adding in mentality. That's why I've never taken food away from somebody. I've never restricted calories from somebody. I've never, I don't talk about, I talk about the opposite. I recommend people never count, weigh, or measure anything. 
it's an add-in. And so likewise, with, with not wanting to think about something, the solution to that is to think about something else. Small steppers have things in their arsenal to fill in blank space with. In other words, if you don't want to think about something, we have an arsenal of things to think about instead. A lot of clients have said, even very recently, that they you know, aren't snacking as much or they're, or they're finding themselves doing cool things because they have more on their mind because they are filling their minds and bodies with more nourishing things. Food, obviously, but then mental nutrition, what I called in my first book, mental nutrition, which is the things that are a little deeper, a little more nourishing on the mental side, not all the way. You know, I, I joked about in my in Raising Healthy Parents, you know, like you don't you want to you can't read Tolstoy all day, but you can clearly understand that there's literature and there's movies and things that are a little more a uh, little deeper that that kind of speak that kind of level. And then there's fun books and, and things that are a little mindless. Both great do them, but there's a balance. We tend to be more in the mindless thing, which is we're checking Twitter so often we never have a balance significant enough of more substantial stuff. And sometimes those social media kinds of interactions are at the expense of actual social interactions and, and actual relationships, physical and, and, and true and real. There's a balance to be had with all that. That's why, again, it's approaching the natural. I argue that physical relationships, being with somebody is more natural than Facebook posting an argument. The reason why people are so ready and able, not ready necessarily, but able to leave such hateful comments on social media is because we've removed the accountability of being with that person face-to-face. We we are now able to say things that we would never say in person because in person we we check ourselves. We we most of us anyway don't walk up to somebody and go, I hated you doing the thing that you just did. We're more polite, we're more considerate, we're more respectful. But you remove that and you separate and you remove yourself from what's natural farther. And you go, I'm I can say all these negative things and there's no accountability. And I don't think that that's true to who we are. I really don't think that's true to who we are. I think human beings, most of us, are, are actually have a, a moments of, uh, are a core of compassion and kindness. Most of us really, really do. It's just the stress of the world and then not having to see the person and, and feeling like you can, and for what a whole host of reasons, like you want your voice to be heard. I get it. But you're you're now it's manifest in a comment on YouTube that does nothing good for you at all, and certainly nothing good for the person creating the video. If you don't like it, don't watch it ever again. Don't ever come back to that person. It's very clear. But to take the time to this is nobody gave me a negative comment. Just in general, let's say arguments on Facebook. People have arguments on Facebook now. They have arguments on Facebook, and they're it's all the time. This isn't this has been going on already for years now, and it's. To me, it's misguided and it doesn't solve the issues that are at hand, which is that we have to learn each of us individually to take better care of ourselves so we can then negotiate our worlds better and create a world that is more positive. We don't do that by getting in arguments on Facebook. We just don't. Rare is it that 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 uh, minds are changed on Facebook. Sorry, you just, you just feel like you have a voice to, to say your thing and the other person does their thing and everyone goes on and gets angry and just walks off angry. Um, yeah, another sip of, uh, I'm drinking uh, Pete's coffee right now, my friend. John made me one in a, pre- in a French press. Uh-huh. Again, French. 
I mean, I'm a, I'm a, the whole, this whole episode is about me, just the elitism of me. Okay. I don't just drink coffee from a press. It's a French press. Okay. Um, what else? Oh, so this is the beginning. I'm in Portland now, as I said, this is the beginning of four weeks, uh, straight of travel. So I'm in Portland now. Next week, I'll be at the Boston Veg Fest in Boston, Massachusetts. That's bostonveg.org. The following weekend, October, so that's t- October 22nd, 2017. The following weekend, October 28th and 29th, the SoCal Veg Fest in Costa Mesa. I just found out I'm speaking both days there, the 28th and the 29th. Uh, that's socalvegfest.org. The following weekend, November 4th, I will be in Tampa Bay, Florida. Tampa Bay Veg Fest, tampabayvegfest.org. Then I get a month off, and then I will be at my buddy's uh, Sanctuary Bistro in Berkeley to do a little reading and book signing down there. I know some folks are already planning on coming out to see me, which would be cool, and get some great food and, and hang out there. And then in January 20th and 21st, Healthy World Sedona, Arizona, and then in New York on May 19th. And there probably will be some things in between there, but that's what I've got uh, locked down at the moment. Um, if you are just joining me, this podcast is is really, um, uh, for many people, it's a couple things. A reminder, so as the week goes on and you get swept up into the madness and you're, and you're you know, the, the busyness happens. You maybe have a plan at the beginning of the week, and but by Wednesday or Thursday, it's kind of crazy and, and things have fallen off and you feel like you've fallen off the wagon, but you haven't because you're living in a nutty nut net world and I'm giving you the tools to do it better um, and giving you the tools to let go of this idea of perfection and giving you the tools to understand and redefine what success really is and what failure really is and all this kind of cool stuff that you do, you get from this podcast. It's happening. It's for real. Um, that's the reminder to kind of keep in check. By the week end, you know, next week you listen to the podcast and some people, it's like a reminder and it kind of regrounds them and then they get through the week again. And it's also um, a kind of a things to think about this week. And so um, the responses have been really, really cool for the last four years. This is episode 213. I've done this every week for 213 weeks for crying out loud. Can you believe? Um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, what, what else, what else am I going to get into before I get into this thing? I had a couple other things to discuss. I think I've, uh, did I talk about the whiskey library? Yeah. It's still chapping my hide. Sorry. It's still chapping my hide. Um, okay. You guys, here we go. We're going to get into the subject of this week's, um, episode. So, uh, in the cleverness of me and, and this just happens, uh, I go, on the titles. I like to be, you know, kind of campy on the titles. So the title of this week's episode is delay, period, gratification, period. It's a play off delayed gratification. Um, but this kind of sweeps into my overall delay. I, I have touched on delayed gratification, I think, many moons ago. Um, and again, before I go farther and you go, well, wait, you just said adding in, not taking away and delayed gratification is sort of not doing something. And you are correct. Yes. But can you just, can you let me finish for crying out loud? I haven't even been able to get my thoughts out on this. And you had just can continually interrupt me. You stopped the treadmill and got off the treadmill and start pointing your finger at me. That is not cool. Can you get back on the treadmill and listen for a second? Christmas. The interesting thing about the modern world and by interesting, I mean it can go either way in terms of helpful or not helpful. There are things about the modern world for, for most of us in the developed nations, I'll put it this way. We have, we have an abundance of 
food, for instance, we have an unprecedented access to food. We have comfort like nobody's business. You know, our temperature is, if it goes outside of a five degree differential, we're freaking out and we're like putting on the Patagonia, you know, and that's if it gets too warm. Um, The creature comforts are there. Amenities, luxuries, all the things that we, in a way, take for granted, and so do I. I'm sitting in a room right now. I know it's temperature controlled. I guarantee you, but my I don't even have to check. I know that I'm kind of in this nice little thing. Now, I just got out of a 10-minute cold shower, too, because it kind of got the blood flow, and it's what I do. If you're just joining me, I've been doing it for, I'm doing the math on it. I'm like up to like 470 days in a row. I, I don't know exactly the number, but roundabout estimate, 470 days in a row of cold therapy and the and the breathing of the Wim Hof program that I did last uh, July in 2016 and that's consistency right 470 days in a row that's what I'm that's the small that's what I'm talking about I'm not talking about 21 days I'm talking about set yourself up and incorporate make little cracks into the wall of behaviors as I say and, and to con- so that when you make that crack and you get something into your wall of behaviors in a small enough fashion that you can do it every day with low stress, it then builds and grows and, and is allowed to flourish. We never do things. We never stick to something long enough for it to flourish in our lives, to make a difference in our lives, either for us long enough to say, yes, I want this as part of my life and like I do with this because I really love it, or yeah, I don't really like it. I don't want to do it, but I know now that I don't want to do it because I did it long enough. Kind of cool, right? Okay. And I have the tools that if I do want to keep it going, I can actually keep it going or I can can it. You are in control. That's what I always say. You're in control of your life. Well, to put it this way, this small steps approach that I crafted many years ago helps people actually take control of their lives. And I'll say one more thing before I get into further into the delayed gratification or delay gratification, boom, is, and I mentioned this a few episodes ago, and I think I'm just going to continue to mention it. Small stepping, because it is about adding in, because it is about actual action. I mean, you take action day one, period, moment one, because all of you guys can take one deep breath right now, and that is meditation. I met a guy actually at the um, VegFest and super cool guy. He's a Brit. I'm always partial to the Brits. You know, I love the Brits. So if they, if they have an accent, I'm like, whatever you tell me, I first of all, I believe. And second of all, I, I want to be friends with you. Um, and, and so he's actually in smallsteppers.com and he's about to finish up. He's kind of wrapping up. And he is the, like the, exactly what I was going for, which is, you know, before he used to meditate and do these things, and then he had children, and then he just stopped. And because of small steppers, because of, his, of learning this system, he's meditating every single day. But guess what? He's doing five minutes, not what he used to do, 45 minutes. And when he stopped doing the 45 minutes because he had kids, he wasn't thinking, well, what can I do? He was thinking, well, if I can't do 45 minutes, I can't do it at all. And that was the expectation there. And so he's been able to bring that back into his life, and he's way better for it, which I think is super, super duper cool. And obviously, the, the reason why I wanted to, you know, why I come here every week for 213 weeks. Um, but small stepping is about action. It is, a, and when you act in your life and you are now doing something, two things happen. One is you're not beating yourself for not, uh, up for not doing something. You're not saying, well, now I'm a failure because I don't meditate for 45 minutes. You're saying, I'm meditating for five minutes a day. The second thing is, so not beating yourself up, the second thing is you're building confidence from day one. You are actually becoming more confident because you are acting 
in your life and taking control of your life more than you were the day before. That is how you build confidence is by doing. Nobody can give you confidence. They can, you can go to surgery and you can get the fat removed off your body and you can get a, uh, you know, a lap band and all these things that are, I'm not going to, they're fine in context, I guess. But the confidence that you get is in your life, if it's to be had, is going to be had by you learning something and taking control of your life in a better, real way and seeing what you can accomplish. And every, what I've always said is every step on your list, when you do it, is an accomplishment. And you are training your brain every day to just accomplish, accomplish, accomplish. You're, getting, you, you're used to doing things. Not trying to not do things, but doing things. You put a nourishing food in your body. You're not trying to lose weight. You're trying to take care of, better care of yourself. And you're seeing that you actually can. That's confidence. Oh, I can do this. I can do this. Is that not what confidence is? I can do this. I can handle this. I can take control over this situation. I'm not going to lose myself in this situation. I had children. I'm doing that fine. I don't have to give everything up because of that. I can figure this new life out and not lose me in the equation. But what I've said, and I want to say it now, is it takes confidence to be happy. The reason why this podcast works for so many people is because it does reground and reconnect us to what we really realize is what makes us happy. Not what I tell you what makes you happy, but I think, again, this comes back to the natural, the animal of us, the the, the real simple things, the connections with people, the relationships that we have, the things like going on a run or a a walk or dancing in your living room, things that are pretty simple, technology-free in most cases, and that that we really like and and taking care of ourselves and learning how to do that. We need to remember that week to week because then we walk out into the world and we get swept up in so much crap that we lose that and we think, oh, I need more money. I need more things to be happy. I need this to be happy. I've got to go out here. I've got to have this phone and this thing. And those things give us spikes of joy. There's no doubt. I love my toys, but they're not the things that make me most happy. The things that make me most happy are just me being with my family, period. With, with I don't need anything. I don't need anything. I can just say, hang out. We can go walk around on the beach. And that's those are the moments where I feel that deeper amount of joy. And I like the little spikes of joy when I get a, you know, when I bought a new guitar the last time I did that was probably 25 years ago. But when I did, it was fun. You know what I mean? And those things are great. And music is one of those simple things that gives me joy in my own life, personally. It may not for you. But there's a confidence that is necessary to be happy in this modern world. Because we, if we look at what we think of as happiness, or what, I'll put it this way, if we look at what the media or what we're sold is happiness, usually we lose in that regard. Because that's a fake kind of model. We look at somebody on a magazine cover and go, man, they look happy and photoshopped and, you know, crafted. For us to truly be happy in our lives, I believe, and you could disagree with me, but for us to be truly happy in our lives, we have to have a a very clear picture of what that is for us and then the confidence to maintain that in the context of being told in a way subtly that we're not happy because we don't have the nice car. We can be super happy with very, very little, but if we're told we need all this stuff or we're just overwhelmed by the just things hitting us when we walk out our door, we're actually going to believe we're not happy when we really may be already. I've worked with clients before where they, in the process of learning this system, realize they're kind of doing okay. 
You know, like they're, they're, they came to me because the world has sort of told them, you're not doing okay. You don't have the nicest car and you're, you know, you don't have the six pack abs. And so you're a piece of crap. So they come to me for, to, to sort of get those things and in the process realize I'm kind of okay here. Like it's okay. Why, why are people bothering me? But that takes confidence. That takes confidence to, to then continue with that and not get swept up into feeling like you're a failure when you're freaking not. That takes confidence. And how you build confidence is doing, acting, not waiting for three weeks or a month or six months before you start a program, not waiting till your kids graduate from college before then all of a sudden you can start tending to the things that give you joy and passion. You, know, you can't build confidence that way. You build confidence by starting today doing something. And if you don't have you what you think of as enough time, that's the hence the small steppers. You do have time to put your hands on a guitar once a day, even probably for 30 seconds. I'm guessing you do have time to take one deep breath. You do have time to walk for one minute if you don't have any other time for exercise. It's just do you value that level of time or not? More on that in a few minutes. Okay. Because I do value it. I do value it. Just saying. Just spoiler alert. I do. Um, so, okay, so back to delay gratification, okay? So I'm talking about, um, do you guys know the, so my dream was realized it, years ago was in uh, Orange County. My wife, Lisa, was uh, born and raised there. And so when I, we were both at UCLA, we would go down to visit her folks down in Orange County um, now and then when we were dating our, our senior year. And uh, there was a an arcade down there called the Reagan Years. It was an arcade in the Reg called the Reagan Years. It was all 1980s video games. And it was it was paradise. And someday uh, I will probably open up an arcade with all 80s video games. I'm just saying. And there's probably going to be a coffee house and a shoe shine store. All it's like a little conglomerate. That's what you're going to be able to play uh, Space Invaders and get your shoe shine and get some kick ass dark roast coffee. That's going to be that's my dream. And know that when you donate to the podcast, it is going right into that fund. I just want you to you guys to know that. Um, the reason why I bring that up is it really does. It there was for a reason. Uh, is it Space Invaders? And so I was. I wrote down on my notes Space Invaders. The struggle of living in the modern world successfully to successfully eke out a, a, a life of health and vibrancy and happiness. Dep to me, for me, depends on two two major things. One, looking for moments because sometimes that's just about what you got, and definitely you're not going to give in more than that. You got to take take it. You're not going to be handed moments of, again, building confidence, taking that deep breath. You've, you've got to look for those moments. I'll say three things. One, you got to look for them. Two, you have to understand that most of the time you actually do have more moments than you think you have. Anybody who says, I don't have time. And I've, I joked about a link last week or some is at the San Francisco Veg Fest and God, I have no time. I have zero time. to. And I was like, you're just 100% wrong. I mean, you do have time. It's just so here's my third thing. So one is learn how to look for moments. Two is that you probably already have more than you think you have. And if you think you have zero, you definitely have some. And three, you got to see the value in the moments because otherwise, if you don't see the value in the moments, then you're not going to look for them and you're not going to notice that you have many because it doesn't matter anyway. I need four hours to exercise. And if I can't exercise for four hours, it doesn't count. Um, I think I told a story a while ago of, you know, I've had people who go like, oh, I didn't exercise today. I didn't get to exercise today. But when you ask them, or when I ask them like, okay, well, what'd you do? Well, I walked, you know, one person actually said, I walked home from the market 
instead of driving home, I walked home, it was like two or three miles. Uh, that was after the conversation of how she didn't exercise that day. That's because in her mind, exercise was running and she didn't run. So therefore, I didn't exercise. And yet she went on a three mile walk, but didn't give her credit for the exercise because it's not the running. Do you see the way we think? Unnecessary stress on our lives to think that way. It is unnecessary and actually factually incorrect. I want to just talk about truth and honesty. She exercised factually she exercised. If I can help her change her own mind in the way that she perceives those things, then she gives herself credit. I didn't run. That's a fact, but I did exercise. Okay. No beating myself up. I did something. Confidence, boom, moving on and moving onwards and upwards, not you know, sitting in the past and stewing about the fact that you didn't run. But the reason I brought up Space Invaders is because it's in that second thing I listed of the three, which is that we probably have more moments than we think. When we're in line at Starbucks, that's minutes of gold. That's gold. That's like gold. Trade those minutes. If you're a parent and I've got twins, those minutes are gold. The problem is, is that the space invaders are all the distractions in the world that invade the space that we do have. These moments where you can take a few deep breaths are often invaded by our, and again, we're in charge of this, but it's happening, cell phones. Uh, and I'll just stop there because usually it's cell phones. Usually it's things that we are, we, we don't, we're not trained enough. I'll, I'll be positive. I can help you learn if you stick with me on this podcast and go back to listen to old ones and just immerse yourself in smallsteppers.com or however you want to do it. You're, you will actually have training to notice these moments and to uh, to fight off the space invaders again 80s reference to a video game fight them off to say wait i am going to take this minute here while i'm waiting for xyz while i'm on hold with at&t i'm going to do a few deep breaths now again the third thing i listed is that you have to uh, you you not have to but this doesn't work unless you unless you value those minutes and i do and the clients i've worked with understand that very well. The people in smallsteppers.com understand this very well. It is a, It does come down to moments. Number one, they're valuable in and of themselves. But number two, the more often you find moments to take deep breaths, it's like a, it, 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 it like begins the snowball effect that all of a sudden you're taking deep breaths when you don't even plan to. Like you, you're, you become, your reaction to many things is to take a deep breath. You just all of a sudden you're in a car and you get a little stressed and all of a sudden you find yourself, you find yourself taking deep breaths. Listen to language. I find myself. Yeah, because you're, you're more you than you were the day before because you've done this training. You've looked for moments, kicked in a deep breath. Now, most, you know, many people, the, the arguers would say, that's not meditation, Sid. Three deep breaths in line at Starbucks is not meditation. And I just, I 100% disagree. I 100% disagree the way that I disagree that walking down your hallway for a minute isn't exercise. I disagree. It is. You want to talk about substance and if it gets you a certain thing, okay, fine. We can have that conversation, but I still don't care. What I care is that you learn how to move your body more than before and that you learn how to be present more than before via things like small steps or journaling that you learn how to create more than you did before via a small step into some sort of, you know, artistic pursuit. And then when the seed is planted, you water it. 
when the seed is planted that you are somebody who takes who meditates every day because you take two deep breaths per day, then you begin to water that seed and then it grows into five minutes, 10 minutes. And then we can have a discussion about the substance and value of meditation and how much you need and if it's having an effect and if you want to do more to have a greater effect or whatever. And that goes for exercise and healthy eating too. But the moments that you can grab to train your body are, and mind are not going to be prohibitive to you checking your damn cell phone. You can still check your cell phone, but you can delay the checking of the cell phone in moments and get amazing levels of satisfaction and actual life improvement skills by delaying your gratification even by moments. Hence the title of this week's episode, which is Delay Gratification. It's astonishing to me, and I'm very busy, and in a way, I'm glad I'm this busy because usually I'm busier than most people or at least as busy as anybody I've ever worked with, so nobody can tell me, well, Sid, you can do this because you don't have a job. I mean, I have three of them. Well, you're, you have time because you don't have kids. Yeah, I have three children also, and two of them are twins. Well, you don't, you have time because Lisa doesn't work, and so she does all... No, she has a full-time job, and so do I. So we're both doing the household stuff. No, there's no... You can't tell me right now that I have uh, you know it much easier. I might have it a little easier than some people, but mostly I'm in the same ballpark here. I'm not... I'm in it big time, and I'm in my own small steps approach big time, my own practice big time. Within that context, it's astonishing to me how much free time... I actually have. It's astonishing to me. Now, I do this as a living, so I my filter is looking for these kinds of things, and I use myself often as a guinea pig because that's how that's the most authentic way that I know how to communicate this is to let you know my struggles as well and my successes as well. One of my successes is to realize how much free time I have. It's just not grouped together. It's spread out. It is in moments, in minutes. It's standing in security line at the airport three days ago. I notice those moments and I start taking deep breaths because why not? Why not? I could look at the news on my phone and be depressed. I could check emails that I can't really deal with because I'm in line at a freaking security. Or I can take a few deep breaths and kind of hang out and enjoy that moment as much as I can. Do you know what the long-lasting effects that that has? Do I do that all the time? No, because sometimes I'm distracted and I've been my space has been invaded. But back to sort of the delay gratification thing. The point is, is that we do have free time more than we think we do if we know how to split that thing up. And we can create even, if you value the moments, even more moments of free time when we delay gratification. And this is what I was talking about. I think I got off on a tangent, but to use the modern world to our advantage means this. We have... Un, like I said, unprecedented access to healthy food, for instance, to abundance, to to climate control, to comfort, comfort, which means that when we delay gratification, it's, we can actually use that as a very valuable tool because unlike in the wild, we can't go like, you know what, I'm just not going to eat for an hour and then I'll eat because in the wild, you may not have access to food in an hour, but here we do. When I go, I'm going to delay, I'm going to get into a cold shower. It's uncomfortable for me. I don't really, I'm always dreading it by the time I get in. But I know that when I get out, I'm going to love it. And I also know that when I get out, I'm not getting into it. I'm not walking out of the shower into a freaking tundra. I still don't know what a tundra means, but I've referenced it a few times and I still don't know. I'm assuming it's cold. 
But I know that I don't get out of the shower and get into uh, uncomfortably cold weather. I'm getting out of a house three feet away from my shower is is a climate-controlled house that is usually at least 20 degrees warmer than it is outside where I live in Northern California, at least in the winter. We can use the comforts of the modern world as a, a safety net to say, well, let me play with this idea of delaying my meal by, again, I'm a small number, five minutes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I know the food's there. It's, I'm not going to starve. I'm going to be okay. But I'm going to delay it by a few minutes to start. Eventually, maybe you delay it by a couple hours. Well, on my way to um, t- to Portland on last Friday, I decided, I, you know, I usually don't have coffee first thing in the morning. Now I've been kind of doing that in, in, uh, intermittent fasting thing. But I didn't have my first cup of coffee until one. I was like, you know what? I could stop on the way, but let me just get to the airport and and, and, and get there and, and, and not be stressed when I'm there because I didn't delay my trip. I have to drive three and a half hours to get to the airport, guys. So that's what that is. And so I just was like, I don't know if there's traffic. There's all these crazy fires around. Like, I just let me get to the airport. No cup of coffee till 1 p.m. I hadn't had anything. I had water up until 1 p.m. And so I, I get this cup of coffee, and it was fantastic. Like, it was so good like to sit there and, and sit in the airport, and I was low stress. And that whole picture of minimizing my stress and delaying gratification of like that cup of coffee, and I really enjoyed it even more, and I was more present in the moment, that's a win for me. Does that seem trite and, 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 and mundane to you? Okay, stick with me. Because when we fill our lives up with these moments of joy, where we where we find pleasure in the little things, I know that that sounds trite and belongs on a poster, but the thing is, is when we fill our lives up with those things, that's a better balance to all the negative stuff that is in the world and is always going to be in the world and will always be. And we take control sometimes by delaying gratification a little bit, by putting ourselves in momentary discomfort, let's say, or saying, I'm going to get that thing and you're going to get it. You're going to get the meal and you're going to get the cup of coffee or whatever that is for you. You're going to get it. But if you push it off by just minutes, then those are, that's a minute that you can reground and reconnect and actually enjoy the thing better when it comes and be in a better headspace when it comes. That's why I've never portion controlled somebody, but I've had plenty of clients learn how to not be binge eaters and learn how to not overeat simply because not from portion control and not from that sort of difficult thing of trying to fend off your own urges, but by delaying gratification by a few minutes to get their head on straight before they hit, sit down at that meal. It's never about food, you guys. It's about your head around food. And so kind of now I want to kind of get into the whole gratification thing. I'm going to get a little hippie about, you know, being thankful about, you know, being, you know, expressing gratification for the things that we have. Thankfulness. Look, I'm going to admit something here. It's very difficult for me to admit, but hippies can be right. Hippies are right about some stuff. Hugging trees. Amazing. Ground. Look, I'm not going to, I'm going to agree with them on some things, just not other things. But the thing about, you know, just be thankful and express, you know, gratitude, um, expressions of gratitude, they're great. And, and, and I agree with them, of course. But again, I'm going to come back to this thing. Like most directives, like stop and smell the flowers, all these great little trite things of here's what you should do. I liken them to the top 10 lists and I liken them, I just wrote a book on healthy families, so I liken them to, uh, you know, parenting techniques, how to talk to your blah, blah, blah about blah, blah, blah. 
These are all dependent on our individual ability to be in the right headspace to freaking do it. So to express gratitude and to say, what am I thankful for is amazing and, and it's great and it does it does change your brain into recognizing the good over the bad, at least more often than not. And I think that's incredible. But the real work to be able to do that is where I am most concerned because it's too easy for us to say, delay gratification. It's too easy for us to say, express gratitude. Remember what you're thankful for. Okay, but what if you have kids and a job and all the things that I always talk about that fill up our lives and make us stress? What about that? Don't we have to learn how to negotiate that better so that we can be in the right headspace to express gratitude or at least in the right headspace to be aware of the moments that we do have, at least to be in the right headspace to aware to be aware of all the wonderful things that are in our lives because very quickly... We're first of all told that we're crappy because we don't look like freaking Justin Bieber. And we're told we're not successful because we don't look like Kim, we're on the same car as Kim Kardashian. Don't we have the right, don't we have a, a responsibility to ourselves to do the groundwork on our minds and bodies first so that we are more able to be express gratitude because we're in a place in our minds that we can handle that and are aware of it. And that goes even for what I said before, which is we have free time if we can change the way that we think about time and what is really free. Then we don't have to be sitting on a mountaintop or sitting in a room with a a candle and, and in the lotus position. We can have a meditation time standing in the line at Starbucks. Actually true. For real. Not a joke. Delaying our gratification, delaying this thing is not me saying you can't have the food that you love. It's me saying enjoy it better by delaying it just by however much works for you so that you enjoy it more and that you're in the right headspace when you have that experience, that you're not as distracted, that you you haven't allowed any space invaders, right? You've created this open space for you to remember who you are, remember the life that you want to live. Delayed gratification is a, is, a, is a win-win because the small steppers version of delayed gratification is doable by everyone. I'm not telling you to push off your first meal till dinner like I do on Mondays and it just is my not today is a Monday because I'm traveling and everything. But again, like I'm malleable, right? But someday this week, I'll just kind of drink water until dinner. Some of those, those are my, some often my favorite days. I'm not telling you to do this. I'm telling you I've been doing this for a long time and I didn't start by doing this. I eased my way in over a very, very long time, almost a year. But the small steppers version of a delayed gratification is because you understand the value of moments is that just delaying something by five minutes is massive, massive. And I, in one of my talks, I was like, I love the five minutes. Like I am in, I have a love affair with five minutes because that's how I think. As a parent now with three kids and super supremely busy, and we've got soccer and play practice and horse lessons, all the things that you know, you guys, if you watch my YouTube video, you're gonna you'll see my life is not me sitting doing nothing and just have all the time in the world to do all the things. I have to find those times and steal those times and still be in balance with the time that I want to spend with my family and everything else. And so I've come to just love five minutes. I think five minutes is incredible. If I can get five minutes of free time. To, do, to not have to do anything, it's it's like a freaking, you know, sabbatical of six months. I mean, it's mad. If I can find five, if I can find five empty minutes, massive. And if you can spend five empty minutes 
because you delay gratification in your meal and you're sitting, you sit down, you set your timer for five minutes or two minutes, one minute, I don't care. And you really are doing that intentionally. Watch how slow that time goes. It's just great. I mean, kind of almost hard to do. We, most of us can't even sit still for five minutes. Most of us can not even sit on a couch with nothing happening, no TV, no music, and just sit for five minutes. You want to watch the clock just tick, tick. I mean, it's like crazy. But those five minutes are a universe for some people. Those five minutes are what you need to build the confidence to remember who you are. And remember, use the modern world, all the, all the ills of the modern world I talk about, that we don't have to move our bodies, that we don't have to eat healthy. We're just, we have to make choices about these things that we used to not have to make choices about. In the, in the wild, we just eat food when we'd find it. We didn't just go, what do I feel like? We'd move our body because we needed to, to do stuff. Now we have to choose to move our bodies. We'll use that as an advantage now in this way. When you delay gratification, know that you've got food. It's coming, so you're going to be okay. It's a safe place to to experiment with these kinds of things because the payoff's there. When you do a little cold therapy like I do, I know that I'm not going to walk out and, and, and freeze. I know that I've got comfort coming. That's why I have to, me, I want to make intentional efforts of discomfort, intentional efforts to delay gratification because I know the gratification's coming. I know what all the creature comforts. I like being more aware of those so that I actually am more thankful for all this that I know I've got food coming and I know I've got comfort coming and I know I've got my family in you know safety and all these kinds of things. I delay it by getting into a shower because uh, a cold shower because I know that I've got the warmth. I I I I do things that are a little like struggle like running an ultra marathon, but let's face it, there's aid stations. It's not me like traveling 31 miles on trails out in the middle of nowhere, not knowing where I am. It's a course and there's people cheering me on. Let's just, the worst is not the worst. You know what I'm saying? For most of us. And on, and so in, in that whole picture, it's like just, just, just shoving off some of the stuff that our go-tos for, for pleasure, just pushing them by one minute. I mean, I'm not kidding. Set a timer before your favorite meal. I don't want to ask you what it is. I don't care. I, if it gives you pleasure, I think it's fantastic. Whether it's healthy or not, maybe it's just a treat. I don't know what it is. But just experimentation for you, if you're eating by yourself in one situation or you want to do this with a friend or whatever, just shove it off by two minutes and just sit for two minutes. Just sit for one minute. Just sit for 30 seconds. Take some deep breaths. Tell me that that does not change the experience that is to follow when you've got your gratification. When you are satisfying yourself, but you now are in a different headspace to do that. Those are the moments and sort of I've, I've kind of, I, I realize I've sort of blended gratification, like delayed gratification with expressing gratitude for the things that you're thankful about. It's all on purpose, but it's all in this idea of creating space to realize the things that are good in your life other than maybe the food or whatever that, that you're one go-to. But there are things in your life that are beyond any one thing. If we're aware enough to see those things, then we will get the pleasure from those things. And when we get the pleasure from those things, we are overall more happy and we're overall less stressed. Again, guys, I come here every week for two and 13 weeks because it is a mindset issue above all else and always has been and always will be. I advise people on food. I'm a nutritionist. Fine. But long before I do that, 
is my work to help people think on their own terms and in doing so become more aware in their lives and in doing so realize that they do have more free time that they thought they had and in doing so realize they have many things to be thankful for. And in a weird way, this is all by creating enough space where they're shoving the things that they go to, have learned to go to for pleasure to get more pleasure. They shove those things away to create a little bit of space to actually bring in more pleasure and then still get the thing that they were going to for pleasure in the first place. They're doubling down. They're going, I want pleasure five minutes before I get the pleasure. And it absolutely works. And so then I was going to recommend a, a, a fun thing to, that you might want to try. And I'm going to recommend you do this with, with a friend or a spouse that's on board or whatever just for fun. And eventually, not even now. But let's say you start you know, delaying gratification by a minute you do, or two minutes and it builds. What I was going to say is, and I call it so controlled misery. Do this on purpose with a, with a friend is, would be fun. Like with a good friend who maybe it's, it, you can kind of laugh about this because it could actually be funny. But you realize... Or you decide you're going to do something miserable. You're going to do, um, you're going to eat fruit all day, or you're going to be, eat fruit all day until um, dinner. Now I love fruit, so it's not like a miserable thing for me. But for some people, like that could be, be like totally miserable. So understand first and foremost that you're going to be fine. It's phenomenal for you anyway. But even if you just felt a little wonky, you, you obviously have access. Most people listening to this podcast to uh, uh, lots of other kinds of foods. But try it with a friend for the purpose of being miserable, not to try to avoid it, not for weight loss, for, for, for God's sake, but, but for really to be miserable, like on purpose. Just be like, you know what? Let's eat fruit on Monday or Sunday and even worse on Sunday because, you know, Sunday we usually have a big breakfast, and we, but, but we're going to do fruit and on purpose we're going to be mi- miserable. It's like just for on purpose, controlled misery, but we're going to be in just misery. And then with your friend, you do this and you you commit to verbalizing when you're feeling just miserable. You're just going to call them and go, this is so sucky. I hate this. I hate that I'm eating fruit all day. I hate it. What you're going to find is probably a couple things. One, you're probably going to end up laughing about it a little bit. You're going to, two, realize it's really not that bad. You're going to be fine. And you've got whatever food is coming after and you know that there's food that's going to be there. So it's really not that dangerous of a thing at all. It's actually the opposite of dangerous. It's incredible. But you realize like this is not horrific and torturous as I thought it was going to be. You're going to get through it and you're going to have a friend. You're going to laugh about it even. But I like that it's an, for me, it's an intentional, again, I always talk about these minimum daily, the MDTs, the minimum daily tests, these things you put yourself in on purpose so that you're in charge of the experience around it and the learning from the experience around it. So you verbalize with your friend, you call them up, or maybe you're with them physically, which is even better. And maybe you're doing other fun things, like you're watching movies or you're doing, you planned other fun things so that all of a sudden you're like, well, this sucks, but then we're doing all this other fun stuff. So it's really not that bad. There's a huge amount of learning to be done by delaying gratification and by putting yourselves in moments. And again, I'm talking about maybe a whole day. So again, maybe eventually you do it, not yet. But you learn all this stuff and you also get through the day. So you accomplish that. You do it with a friend. So you get to hang out with a friend. You accomplish that. You're aware of that that value because you actually created the space to be more aware of time with friends that we lose often. You realize it's not as bad as you thought it was going to be, and you realize you can actually even laugh about certain things like this? How is that not good at all for you? 
It is because it keeps you engaged in this process and it keeps you more aware than you, it makes you more aware than you were before. And because small steppers think long term, we know that it builds and builds and builds and is a lifelong practice. That's why 470 days in, I'm still getting in a cold shower and still kind of feeling that dread, but knowing like, really? Is this really that, like, really that bad? It's 10 minutes in a cold shower. It's 10 minutes of my day. It's just, I mean, it's just really, it's going to be uncomfortable. Like, that's the worst part about it. It's actually physically super good for me, so I'm actually getting the benefit of it. But mentally, it's a little bit, you know, the first couple minutes are in discomfort, and then it's actually totally fine. But it's a, so really what I'm dreading is the first two minutes. Two minutes! And every day I have that I have that thing I talked about, I think, last week or the week before. Every week I have that same conversation in my head. It's only two freaking minutes, but I'm dreading it. It's, oh, this is going to be miserable. I get in, and I'm glad I did it every time. And I just keep doing it every time the rest of my life. I mean, maybe. I, I Right now I'm planning on doing the rest of my life because I really like it. But that's the confidence building of this is like, and also understanding like, it's fine. I'm safe. I can always get out of the shower and put a freaking sweater on. Like, it's, this is not the end. This isn't real discomfort like it could be but I think that it trains my body and mind to deal with this levels for the stuff that actually is going to happen that is actually real and horrible so I will end and I'm not talking about me getting kicked out of the whiskey library by the way so I will end this this episode with some of the stuff that is you know been rough this week not for me but for the world, and in a way for me, because I think we're all affected, and I've certainly felt this, but these fires that happened, um, again, you can be listening to this five years from now, and it won't mean anything, but there was a ton of fires. The most devastating fires I've ever seen in my lifetime, by far, it was a shocker, and it was in places very close to where we live, and so my family was nearby, and and you know, packed their cars and the whole thing. And they, for some reason, they, they, their one little house didn't get right in the fire path. And so they don't think they had to, they did not have to evacuate. My brother anyway, did not have to evacuate. Um, but people have lost their houses and I, I, the pictures are astounding, like leveled, like as if it was a hurricane, but it was a fire. I mean, no structure left. It's like flat on the ground. It's just incredible to, to see this happening entire, I mean, 3,500 at this time, 3,500 buildings, have been destroyed. 3,500, that goes for houses and buildings and, and businesses and everything else. Just crazy. But what I notice, and, and people have come up to the Stanford Inn who had to evacuate, and it's just this kind of, de- we're all sort of depressed, uh, you know, because it's, it's just heaviness. But it made me realize that in these disasters, and again, how I'm relating sort of putting yourself into some types of discomfort is that there is a little more perspective built into your life when you do the, this kind of practice so that when the things really do happen, you are also, again, because you've done the training, trained to say, this doesn't even get me all the way. It's depressing and it's sad, but then I'm also, my instinct is to find the good too to balance that out. And I also noticed this. In disasters, when things get so bad, what happens to humans in general? We gather. We help each other. I mean, in the United States, we've had, you know, recently we've had horrible hurricanes, all these kinds of things. And people, most people, gather and help each other all of a sudden it, magically religion is doesn't exist anymore race doesn't exist anymore sexual preference doesn't exist anymore when the boots hit the ground you know facebook the facebook shield where nobody can see each other is gone now it's people and people and helping people and animals and and the the things that and i might be naive this makes me probably naive but this to me is the real us 
The real us are the people that show up when an actual disaster hits and, and, and realize um, we're chucking all the crap that infects our brains all day in the media and the groups and the collective kind of mindset and my group's better than your group and this kind of, all that kind of goes away when something bad happens and all of a sudden we're happy to help each other. And we do and we step up and we do this amazing stuff. And I see that as who we really are deep down. And I feel like it's my mission in life is to help people individually get more in touch with that part of themselves day to day because I think that that's the best part of who we are. And when, we, when, when I see that stuff happen, it just, it just reconfirms my what I already believe is that deep down we are kind and compassionate, most of us overwhelmingly. And I want to I want to help you guys find that for yourselves to treat yourselves well, but also to understand that when you do that day to day and learn the true art of self care, and build confidence to be happy in your life, that when things happen in the world because they're gonna, they have and they're going to continue, and they're and and I believe that this work that I do and helping with you guys and and changing hopefully changing. The, teaching you guys to think about your lives this way, trains you to handle these things better. And when you're handling them better, not to lose sight of the things in your life that you do, that you are thankful for, that you, that you do have, but that all of a sudden we, we lose sight of because of the distraction and the space invaders and all the things that take up even the moments that we actually already have. So to everybody who was affected by those fires, I you know it's uh, crazy. I, I just can't. I, I I can't even. I can't even talk about it. It's just so weird to see that stuff. But we'll get through it the way that we do, and then the next thing is going to come. The question is, what do we do until that time? Do we lose ourselves day to day, or do we take what we can when we can? Do we find moments to reground and reconnect and and be be with our family and friends, actually be with our family and friends and maybe put in some more nourishing food than before in our bodies and nourish for the reason of not weight loss, but the reason of self-care and train ourselves of self-care so we understand what that's like to care. And then we can extend that training we have to other people, to, to how well we take care of other people too. And we can live lives that are more in line with who we are by values and standards in line with more of who we are than not and not expect 100% perfection. But man, do so much better by ourselves and therefore better by the world. All right, you guys? Okay. I'm going to leave it there. I'm getting on an airplane in about an hour and a half and uh, flying back to see my family. And I'm very excited about that. Because uh, I miss them terribly, and I've got three more weekends of uh, of travel before I can sort of hang out with them on weekends. So it's a lot of stuff coming up, but it's good stuff, and I like uh, seeing you guys and meeting you guys in person. So if you are at any of the events coming up, and they'll all be listed in the show notes, uh, please come and say hello at the table. Um, a few people did in Portland; it was really cool, and it was great to meet people. And um, yeah. Um, all right, you guys. You guys are awesome. If you have any questions or comments, uh, you can email me, podcast at sidgarzahillman.com. That's podcast at sidgarzahillman.com, and uh, you guys are awesome. So in the meantime, uh, I'll be back. Uh, you know, do this episode next week because I always do. So this is your task this week. I know it's a big one, and I've never talked about this before, so it's crazy. So write this down. Be well.
always something Always waiting Always crawling to the next thing, always Always crawling to the next thing that will bear us out And all this looking's got me tired And all this, all this dreaming, all this dreaming it is It is wearing me out and out Myself as a bit of a whiner and a bit of a fly. Bit of a whiner and a bit of a fly. 